But I mean, the lack literally is like not having enough of your dominant instinct, which is how it gets dominant because you just give me more of it, give me more of it. And maybe it's this is like the, the delusion. The maybe I'll be fulfilled. Is I'll be fulfilled if yeah. I can just do it the right way. Right. How do I do it the right way? By my Enneagram type. So that's, okay, that's so where here we type go. Here personality we go. Truth comes six. in. Paranoid. Truth six. Yeah, so. Contradiction. <laughs> you have you have a, a person. Sorry, I'm a six. <laughs> the sixes love to apologize. Um, <laughs> Everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain, more curious life. I am Mace. And I'm Daniel. Welcome to episode number 196, Enneagram to be told. To be told. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I said before we started recording, I feel like the titles, maybe maybe the title that'll really get codified is, is uh, going to emerge and reveal itself. Exactly. This is kind of a mystery conversation in a way. We'll see what unfolds. The Enneagram, we have a long history with the Enneagram <laughs> here on this podcast. Many episodes, blitz, blitzed out. Blitzed out. We got very, very partied out on the blitz. <laughs> very partied out on the blitz. Went hard on the paint with the Enneagram. Too hard. <laughs> I've had a long recovery. I've been absent from any Enneagram conversation mm-hmm. for over a year. I feel like it's, almost it's two years. Uh, yeah, yeah. When <laughs> the Blitz was like in a January winter. of two years ago, so yeah. a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, we're back. We're back. It's we've been offline for a while. No mm-hmm. small thing. And now we're back with I don't know a new creative approach oh, to you, the podcast. I mean, Daniel's here. I'm here. <laughs> uh, I've I've been here a little bit, and I'm here again. Um, <laughs> but you just said the we're mentioning the idea of like. What would a season mean? Yes, yes, exactly. Like, so no small thing, less or more curious as a project. We ourselves are also unfolding. Mm-hmm. What will no small thing become? What are we? Mm. And I think we're entering into an experimentation in thematic seasonal mm. episodes coming mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. So we've just had two Enneagram episodes and you can expect more. Mm-hmm. You can expect a chunk of Enneagram episodes. We're yeah. going to essentially deep dive this yeah. thing curiously. Hmm. And then maybe there'll be other things we do. Mm-hmm. Dreams, play. Right. Someone yeah. else's. Yeah. Anything, really. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting. And a lot of our, your and I, my conversations in the past couple of years have been kind of, you know, taking Enneagram, putting it on the table, and then like juxtaposing it against some other medium of exploration or creativity or whatever and being like, well, what is like this, the Enneagram can't do this thing that dream interpretation does, or it can't do this thing that psychoanalysis does. And which is, which is awesome because there are different abilities with each of these modalities. And it's also interesting to put them in the room together and say like, what, what's going on here? Mm. Well, and here's what I'll say. So I've been thinking about like, how do I want to explain like my own journey back to the Enneagram? So like, For folks, if you've never listened or didn't hear my journey, I was super into the Enneagram, thought I was a four for a long time, identified aggressively with being a four, did this blitz thing where people were like, you're actually a nine. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a nine. My world is, you know, turned upside down. Then I'm like, I don't know how nine I feel. I don't Mm -hmm. know what this is. Forget it all. I'm doing other things. And then here's what I would say happened is I'm out here working with a lot of modalities, thinking of other ways to come, think about awareness, think about structures, whatnot. And I'm hanging around with Daniel, who's still going, Daniel is now going hard in the paint when it comes to the Enneagram, all on their own in a little cave basement zone. They're just deep diving the Enneagram. And I'm talking about phenomenological concepts with you. And we're talking and I'm able to use my own metaphors and language that are some other modalities. And you slowly start to use the metaphor of the Enneagram to potentially explain phenomena, phenomena I'm talking to you about. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm going, well, that was useful. Well, you just said it was useful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. You yeah, know, I remember some of those first moments and it was an exciting blip because it, I mean, I would always share that kind of, I don't know about tentatively, but just like, I mean, Mace is still, 
you would always be giving slight signs of interest because it was still, I think, bouncing around in your head. And so we right. would be talking about it. But then I'd be like, hey, this is one way it might apply if one were to look for ways that two things could apply to the same thing. Um, and eventually one of them you, like meant something actually for you. Yeah. And that was a really cool moment. Right. I think that's I think that's exactly right. And I think that's the I guess maybe also for listeners, people out there, lesser, more curious. It was part of my journey, I think, to have to be a little journey. Be, uh, like, pissed at the Enneagram for a while. Almost like a teenager is pissed at their parents. Because then by the time you've rebelled Mm. and found your way back, the thing is more complex. Mm -hmm. You've you've gone back to it in a new way. So almost like, this is a fascinating metaphor, I really do feel like, early Enneagram that was also tied to like just I think for me I found the Enneagram like early 20s -hmm. and it kind of offered a promise of knowing thyself Mm -hmm. you know and it was simple in that sense and then it became more complex and Mm -hmm. I think there is a a necessary need to run away in order to come back and refine so here we are now with the Enneagram and I I still hold it pretty loosely like I have this one professor who kind of obsessed with now who recently was like the object relations that's that's another way of thinking she's like that is in my bones I understand it it's in Mm. my bones she's been working with it and being taught in it for years and years and years and she goes and I'm not married to it Mm. and I kind of feel that way about the Enneagram like I want to keep being curious I want to know more I Mm. want it to it it is it finding its way in my bones and I'm not married to it as the way to understand everything yeah you know so I feel like that's how we're coming into it or at least I am yeah no I mean I definitely relate to the image of not being married to it. That's not like a an image that I, like is really going to get into me. But I, like I, I, I think I would find my own way of saying a similar thing. That like it's it, it has obviously consumed my life. Like people Daniel's I'm, I'm literally s- sitting here surrounded by enneagram drawings they've made. Yeah, um, and it's it's really become like a part of my artistic expression. I'm in grad school studying ancient Mediterranean and Near Eastern. Um, culture, religion, and ethnicity, and such things like that, and looking at how do we even think about these things as modern people and try to try to uncover the past in a way that isn't superimposing. Well, we are going to superimpose ourselves on it, so how do we do that ethically and responsibly? And very interesting stuff. But all that to say, the Enneagram, as, as kind of an archetypal symbol, has become really, really um, interesting, fun, beautiful, insightful, um, as a tool to help like map out these different concepts of this deity and what it means that these people put it on their coin with this specific symbol next to the head and, and whatnot and what that's saying about their relations to other things. So it, it is just a a brilliant map for looking at how things are related to one another. Uh, right. Well, and I think I have two thoughts here. One is I think then you, I, I'll, I'll come back to this one, so we'll bookmark it. Like Enneagram as process. I think that would be mm-hmm. something to just quickly discuss yeah but I just also think you said archetypes and like I, th- I think the the other way that these these kinds of th- tools such as the Enneagram or you know I could look at it and look at it as like the defenses you know those mm-hmm. are tools to understand something right archetypes they're 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 these helpful things that there's something about if I can joke about this being an Enneagram thing, then I can actually talk about the thing. Mm-hmm. Like having the tool to bear some of the brunt or having this, like huh. having the language of some phenomena to bear some of the brunt of why you might do some of the shit you do yeah. allows you to talk about the shit mm-hmm. with less it's all because I'm a horrible person or because yeah. I'm bad. It's yeah. like we can playfully talk about the weird shit we do and we can go, maybe it's a sixth thing. Right. And whether or not it's a sixth thing who gives a shit by saying maybe it's a sixth thing we Mm -hmm. now feel more playful Mm -hmm. to talk about the weird stuff we do yeah so i think that's something where it's like oh i'm talking about weird stuff and you're like oh there's this you know makes me think of this seven process and i'm like oh that seven process well let me tell you this you know Mm -hmm. and then it's like there's there's more openness because there's this there's something universal there's something outside of ourselves that we're also able to mm-hmm. help hold yeah. the complexity. No, totally. And I mean it, it is this thing of like this this might sound 
woo-woo to some people or like, I don't know, like, like something that maybe isn't based in reality, but it, uh, as I've learned more about the Enneagram, it, it is this thing of like, it's a both of their actual, uh, uh, behaviors and phenomena and, um, internal experiences that I do think are being, uh, described pretty specifically by each point around the symbol. And at the same time, like the symbol is showing ways that phenomena just progress from one state of being to another and kind of just like like uh, um, locations of reciprocality or I don't know what the word is there or a relationality even. Um, and so in that way, it is like, yes, we are kind of, we're responsible for our actions. We have to take responsibility for our own life and the moves we make in it and this stuff. And we are really just acting out things that are happening as reality swirls forward as space-time expands and progresses. Right. Well, and I think in even just like working with a, something like the Enneagram, just it's in its own way highlighting just how, how would I describe this? We're, as humans, we're walking around as if what we're doing is real mm. or as if we're responding to real things most of the time. Yeah. And it's like, Okay, well, I'm have a thought here. I, I, wanna, I have a thought on that. I want to bring Lacan into the room real quick. <laughs> Please, <laughs> Monsieur. I, I don't really Enter. understand Lacan. I, I I say this super like I'm just like starting to dabble in any kind of Lacanian thought. Mm-hmm. But he has this idea that there's like three. I don't know the word to use. States of being. I, I don't know what the word is. So if anyone out there is Lacanian, you're rolling your eyes. But there's this idea that. There is the, gosh, what's the first one? I'm trying to make my point here. The symbolic, the imaginary, and the real. And hmm. there's this like tripart experience where there's Law of three. There is there is the real experience, but we we don't we never actually get the real experience because we are so much tied in what is symbolic to us. Mm. So our structures of how to think of that thing. Mm-hmm. So that makes that, that makes whatever the real is become something else because yeah. we have an entire system of structures mm-hmm. of how we symbolize whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And alongside that we have imagination. So we have mm. stories we tell in ways we want to see something in, and we imagine over the real. So yeah. the real becomes in a way we, we, we don't experience the real mm-hmm. because we're so tied up in the symbolic and the like the symbolic totally. and the imaginary are always superimposing themselves on what is real. Exactly. It, even that beautiful image and the word reality itself. Like I think it's an interesting thing that my personality structure has really attached to this word reality. It's it's a it's a great word for talking about what essence is and trying to get at a lot of these subtler things. And me as a personality with an ego that really, really, really wants to exist is like, oh, if I just keep using this word reality, a lot of people are going to listen to me and think that I am more right than than all these other people because I'm saying it with such confidence and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I I do think that I, I am touching on ideas that are... But I'm I'm fully in the image or imaginary and symbolic as well, right, and and right. that's and that's part of what I'm trying to say to people on No Small Enneagram and in all of my comments and in the DMs is like we're all imagining and symbolizing these things that we think are real. We think are real, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like you're there's we're missing a lot mm-hmm. in our experiences most of the time because of these unconscious mindsets because of mm-hmm. these unconscious structures yeah. that are there and i think this is we can i think then dive into like what's going on with no small enneagram in terms of that instagram but i think that that's this thing where we're receive there's pushback mm-hmm. around the enneagram that's a little bit more like Hey, you there, like whatever this idea of like a healthy number, mm, like, yeah. I, I think that's giving us way too much credit for what we think. I have a, <laughs> I have a, a story to share that mm. I think is interesting and I'm going to butcher the story. Guys, I had a class lecture that was so good that I'm, that's clearly <laughs> inspired this for me on unconscious mindsets. But I think we've witnessed this and I've witnessed this too of like, I have an unconscious mindset of being a, heavy quotes victim. Mm -hmm. So I identified as a four. Mm -hmm. Great. 
victimhood all up the yin yang with this mm-hmm. like I'm a four, I'm special, I'm unique, the world happens to me, mm-hmm. the world doesn't understand me. I identified with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I was like, you're a nine. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what was me? I thought I was a four and now I'm a nine. Mm-hmm. Wow, the world happens to me. It continues to happen to me. And we, we, had some, we had some brilliant seeing the nine-ness conversations of, uh, around right. that. Like, wow, look at this, you know? And it's just this interesting thing of like, at the end of the day, I'm going to find whatever number it is to mm-hmm. like, there's still this function of the world happens to me kind right. of thing. Yeah. And there's this uh, parable. I, I feel bad because I don't know the reference. And if anyone's listening knows the reference, mm. let us know. But it's a story of this like person who goes to the doctor, a psychiatrist, and they come to the psychiatrist and they say, hey, psychiatrist, I think I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. You know, I'm, I'm actually dead. And the psychiatrist goes, oh, you think you're dead? And then the psychiatrist asks them, do dead men bleed? And the person goes, I don't know. And so they research together, do dead men bleed? And so it's like, oh, they find, and they find on their research, like dead men don't bleed. And so the doctor says, okay. And they takes like a needle and pricks his finger and the person starts bleeding. And he goes, oh, I was wrong. Dead men do bleed. <laughs> no, that's what it is. And that's, I mean... No shade, but I've had so many of those conversations with people where it's like we're trying to talk about this stuff and people are very, it it feels like gaslighting to say, no, we're all, we've all got this unconscious stuff and we don't understand ourselves. Right. Um, Which when you're, when you start taking that idea and saying, no, this is what the Enneagram has been trying to help us see. It, it really feels unsettling because a lot of people have latched onto the Enneagram. Now, I don't want to mischaracterize it as latching on. Have picked it up because they, it's it's a desperate and terrifying feeling to to start getting glimpses of how little we know ourselves and right. how and as right. and as we we have those experiences as we grow up, most of us find ways to distance that from from our site we're we all trying to cope we're just trying we're to just cope trying out to here cope. like we're just trying to like yeah. get by so you reading know? through a really affirming enneagram description and being like wow this this sees so much of what i've been through mm-hmm. i'm this type that's of course of course you would do that and of course you would defend that um and just because it resonated with your conscious narrative about yourself doesn't mean it's the unconscious behavior that's constantly playing itself out. Right, right. Like, I think that's the the reality of the situation is that we're doing so much more unconsciously than we ever could imagine. Yeah. I mean, the most <laughs> conscious of people are yes. doing it. You know, it's yes. not it's not like, oh, consciousness Olympics. It's like, no, like, there is, there isn't. <laughs> yeah. There, it's like, whoever's doing the best is is barely doing it. No. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and that's what like, you find is like people that you start getting towards I don't know, whatever. We're all hard, like having a hard time doing yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. You get towards like the, whatever the top, the top imagined top is and people up there are going like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Right. Um, and they're still also doing it in mm-hmm. their unconscious pattern way. Yes. So it's like, oh, I'm doing consciousness mm-hmm. mindfully. It's also slightly going to be paired alongside their unconscious way they see what something like consciousness would look like. Yes. No, I mean, that's something, I feel like a bunch of people have said this, of just, like, the unconscious is infinite. It just is, it's a void that keeps expanding. It's creative. It's I think that's creative. a way to think of yes. it. It's like, think about a creative life force. I mean, that's what we tap into. It's, yeah. It is not something that's stagnant. It's not something that is like, oh, we've got a well of resources. Mm-hmm. It's like a live, active, dancing oh. thing of multiplicity. Yeah. So it's not only is it, not only is it infinite, it's the sense of it's dynamic. Mm -hmm. So it's parts of the unconscious playing with each other. Yeah. So there's also on inside it's infancy, infancy, infinite, 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 infinity, infinite. Oh geez. Infant quality. (laughs) No, it's not the right word. Infiniteness. Yes. Is that what you're getting at? That's what I'm getting at is I'm now just really popping off, but like, is this multiplicity of creative yeah. processes? Mm-hmm. So there's it's infant times infant. You can't, you can't, infant. you can't infinite. ever infinite. hold. 
No, but I love that infant is voicing itself. I know. I'm kind of like, well, there's a parapraxis right there. No, it is. And I mean, it is this thing of you can't just grab onto it and be like, oh, I've seen this. I understood it. I made right. sense of it. And that's how it is still because it's an infant. It will grow up it's into and eventually if you keep holding onto it and saying like, this is my baby, you'll be holding Rick Rubin by his beard. And it's like, no, that's not an infant anymore. <laughs> Um, it's also really interesting the words you were choosing because what you were describing is kind of that bottom between the four or five space and listener, dear listener, that does not mean if you listener, (laughs) that does not mean that if you resonated with like the vibiness of what Mace was saying, that you necessarily have four or five in your personality structure. Everyone can, can resonate with that because it's essence. Yes. It's okay. Here, this is, here's another thing. Here's another thing about why I'm more open to coming back to the Enneagram because folks, Mm. If you're wondering, like, I think I'm a six. Like, we're out here, here we probably are. a six. Six ah, wing seven. Six wing seven. Um, but also, I think that's something that's been helpful of, like, really being, yes, whatever, knowing your type is cool or whatever. But it's really more about knowing all the types and their processes mm. and their functions. So each of us will have, we, we each, like you're saying, essence. Like, we each have all of these qualities. Yeah. Like, they're the the Enneagram of process, we all these archetypes live mm-hmm. inside of us yeah. and live inside people. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it, but like playing with these ideas, there's an interesting, like, um, there's, a, there's a nuance to it because that is incredibly important and that's, that is kind of my approach to it is that we have all all qualities that could be described of essence is just something we are exuding it with our existence. And our personality does constantly around trying to recreate certain essential qualities for ourselves. Um, and I, it, that's a very mysterious thing. I don't know why it's some qualities and not others. But that is to say that it, it doesn't mean that your personality is all types, right? Right. Uh, The personality develops a specific strategy that it invests in and hones in on as like, this is how I'm going to get wholeness again or get, I think wholeness is really the best word for maybe what it is we're all ultimately striving for in some deep, unconscious, primal way. Yeah. Um, Can I say, can I share something or can I suggest something? Okay, here comes a thought for listeners out here. If you are, because I'm speaking to the me listener out here. Love that, love that. That goes, I, so, okay, how do I say these things? Daniel's out here on Instagram on this page called No Small Enneagram, which used to be Enneagram Repost, Scott created it, and now it's No Small Enneagram, where Daniel's mostly actually daily engaging with specific probably teaching and explaining of the Enneagram in a way that pushes against traditional teachings, maybe. Or That's maybe a, not traditional teachings, but what's the, become mainstream. What's become I think. mainstream. That may be the way to describe it. Now, I'm out here listening and I felt pushback on the pushback. Hmm. Like I don't know how to t- take this in. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to reconcile what I thought the Enneagram was with what's being introduced for me. Hmm. And so yeah. for folks who are coming along in this journey who may be in a place more close to that, here's what I would suggest. Because I noticed just now Daniel was getting kind of particular in their language. And hmm. I noticed in me being this like, okay, we're seeming a little, but a little rigid. Yeah. Or I don't know if rigid would be the right word. A little like this is how it is. Yeah. And here's what I would suggest for folks and what I'm suggesting for myself. Let's play. Hmm. Let's play this is real in your rigid, rigid, it's not the right word. Your, the, 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 the way you're going to talk about the Enneagram is with some, I don't even know. Acute, well, let's, let's it's see. Not it's not certainty, although there is some certainty actually to it. So fascinating, less yeah. certain, more curious. Yeah. But there, there's going to be, for the sake of playing, Let's take this as far as we can go and mm-hmm. use this model in its depth way and really make meaning out of it and go along with it. Let's go along with it as if it were true because mm-hmm. there are so many things that are true. So we can play with it as true. Obviously, I'm needing to say that. Like, let, let, yeah. I need to let myself play with it <clears throat> in that sense. And, and what I would say is like, I, I wouldn't even... S- say you need... Like, I think go along with it needs unpacking too because it's not like just like... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like shut up and like believe that what we're saying is real and then you can like forget about it later. Like you can forget about it later if that's what happens for you. But I, I think it's more like, yeah, I will explain things with a little bit more detail and a little bit of saying, no, there are certain things that are mutually exclusive here. And that feels like a threatening idea, I think, to a lot of people of mm-hmm. mutual exclusivity because it means mm-hmm. like, well, what if I resonate with this or someone I care about resonates with this and you're trying to put a wall between some sense of safety and security and validity and that thing that I'm holding on to. Right. And, and, and that's what I keep saying. And I I've just need to keep saying it because there are no, never enough words to like fully articulate it. But like, I am tr- not trying to invalidate anyone's experience with this, uh, nor do I want to shut down, um, your ability to to use this symbol as something to make sense of yourself or to create or to appreciate or any of these things. Um, and it is it is kind of like math. Like, we are literally using numbers, and there is a, something yeah, to that sequence. Yeah, 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 and yeah. part of it is that part of the power of the symbol is that it has these lines that show you this is what the symbol is right, telling right, you interpretation right, right. rise. And these are the ways that it all works together. And so you do have to, we also are like, once we get into stuff like instinct and personality, we start using these, these other fields that are rather scientific biology. I mean, psychology is, is semi scientific, right. but, but there is a very scientific way about it, of going about it where it's like the depressive position is not the paranoid schizoid. Position. No, I you, literally was just thinking that you wouldn't put the depressed position before the paranoid schizoid. Yeah. It just isn't the sequence. It yeah. doesn't yeah. line up. Right. I was literally just thinking this. Love that. Wow. wow. Synchronicity <laughs> right there. <laughs> it was like, you're making my point. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I um, like, I like, I think you, I, something clicked in me when you said it's numbers, mm. like it's math. Like that also helps me play with it in that way. Yeah. Like is math real or not real? But right, it's right. really helpful. It's really helpful. And there's and you, some phenomenological weirdness in math that makes it feel in touch with some kind of truthness. Yes. You yeah. know? Which, so, which again, we can be like, wow, this is, math is helping us get at a certain way of reality that like basket weaving, you can't figure out the same stuff with basket weaving as with math. Um, so, so let's like <laughs> use math for certain things, but they're also just different things. There's just different things. Exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. So everyone, here's here's the vibe of what we're doing. We're doing one hour episodes, so you don't have to worry that you're going to get too far into it. But what do mm-hmm. we want to, I feel like we've done a good intro. What do we want? Do we want to give people something to chew on from the Enneagram? Like, mm-hmm. I'm curious, is there something you would think that you're okay. doing, you're running this account, people have questions, people are yeah. curious in the Enneagram. What's a, what's a chewable thing for people? A chewable thing, I think, and something that I've like, one of my biggest, most helpful, tangible takeaways from this past year is this thing that I keep talking about on, on the Instagram. And I, I'm starting to wonder if like, I need to change up the way I'm talking about it because it, it does feel like when I post this phrase, people listen less or are less engaged. Um, but it's this idea of type structure. And okay. so what about type structure is boring. That might be an interesting thing to, to hold in our mind and think about. But ultimately, all I mean is that we have all of these big words floating around. Essence, if you open up a book, you might find something like the passion. Mm-hmm. Um, or And then we, we know about sec, uh, the instincts and um, wings and stuff. And it's just like, how is this all working together? Even trifix. Like, what is, what is trifix? Is it a real thing? There's lots of people that think it isn't, which is fine. Um, I'm going to invite you to consider that maybe it is. Um, the centers, whatever, like how does it all work together? Um, and that's a big, that can be a very big complex thing, but in a very simple way, you can always apply the law of three to the Enneagram. Yes, and so yes, within yes, the yes. law of three at the bottom, you have essence, uh, in the middle layer, you have instinct. And then the top layer you have personality. And it is kind of this thing of like out of <sighs> essence arises these biological instincts, just a creature being and, and, existing and living and then you have finer tuned details about how that organism operates and what what are the the patterns that it lives its life out with um and what are the internal experiences that go along with that and so really those three things essence instinct and and personality anything that we talk about can be kind of 
understood in one of those three layers. And so I think that'll, for listeners that are feeling overwhelmed by all of these different ideas and philosophical <laughs> intros and whatnot, like <laughs> that, that's the tangible thing that we're t- talking about here. And of course it isn't actually tangible, but it's right, like, right. it's like a very simple thing you can hold that is a, it's a great container. Okay. I didn't listen to your most recent episode on essence. Yeah. So give me, I know the uh, shock. didn't listen to my own episode. Give me, if you can, the, what you mean when you say essence, Mm. then instinct and then personality. Like you're, I, I don't, I, yeah. I, I hear the words, but I don't know how they function together. That's great. I mean, I, I can, uh, and I will be a, lo- a lot less, um, <laughs> bizarre, wacko, <laughs> like <laughs> just a, a mind of damned up ideas spilling <laughs> itself out in this episode. Um, I want a chewable explanation of essence. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to give you a chewable. <laughs> I'm clearly hungry and yeah. need to chew some <laughs> concepts today. Give cookie. <laughs> <laughs> um, essence. A good way of thinking about essence is just it's, it, it's you existing. Um, it's when you're present with yourself, it's, it's what can be present. The word that's coming to mind is ontological. Yeah, yeah, that's it's good. It is that that word is like a, it's like the study of being. On, yes, on, yes. On on is the ancient Greek participle meaning just being. Yeah, being. So yeah, yeah. And being is the participle of the verb is. Emi in Greek, but it's from which in Latin we get essence. Um, okay. And so no, it is just this like you're being. How are you being? You just are. So is there, so you, 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 there's a chart in front of us. That's Enneagram of essence mm-hmm. is, is I'm tell me, is it, is it like we have, if our dominant type is say for me six, does that mean I'm essentially like, is there something that, essential to me? Well, so essence is you, the law of one, it's, it's one thing. And okay. within that one thing, there's a law of three. It's, three fundamental forces. So within the Enneagram of essence, you get harmony, value, and truth. Harmony at point nine, value at point three, truth at point six. And then from there, you get the hexad, which is the law of seven. When you divide one, the whole, and the three by right. seven, you get one, you get 0.142857 in a repeating decimal. Right, into cool, math. Guys, cool, cool math. Guys, it's cool math. It's really like, cool Like, that's math. what it is. And so you lay that onto the symbol, and in the places in between nine, three, and six, it fills in this hexad symbol. And you can essentially, in each center or the three fundamental points, you can look at the two hexad points on either wing as branching out of that main central thing. So on point nine, harmony. At point one, you get integrity, and at point eight, you get power. So harmony is to be understood as branching out from power and integrity. Similarly, point three, you got love at point two and depth at point four. So value flows out. That one makes more sense to me than the harmony, yeah. And then at point truth, or point six, truth, down into point five, you have insight, and up into point seven, you have freedom, which I think think is a fascinating thing. That's cool, wow. Wow, that does feel like my, that is the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> and then what you, you also around those hexad points, they flow into insight and depth, integrity and love, power and freedom. And so you get this thing that is all flowing into itself is based in these three fundamental points and is all one thing. And so that is within every person. Every so, person so is living that is out. like we all have base, like understanding the Enneagram essence is kind of understanding there's all of these, I, I would maybe even call these words, these, these big buzzwords. They're like, um, I don't know what I would call them, but well, they're they're qualities. They're, qualities. It's like they're, they're don't get too caught up on the word. It's it's getting at some at something experiential. And know? so, if there's the law of one at the base, it's kind of like and you like this as you're describing type structure. It's like at the bottom is we have we essentially have all these qualities, right? And all these qualities are working in us and working. Almost in a... Oh, no, I see, I wouldn't say working. I wouldn't say working. Working is, is how an ego, a functional personality, would try to make sense of essence. Because okay. the, the personality 
as you asked, if you're a six, is is there something essential about you to truth? Yes, as there is with everything. But what the personality does is it becomes attached to one of them. That's why we call it a fixation. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, so, okay, also, Enneagram of Essence is almost like, it's not even just our being, it's the, it's it's everything. And that's why the it's word the reality comes out, because it's just yes. the everythingness of everything. Right, and is And we, this, as part of everything. And we even are... Yeah, like if, if if we're looking at it, pull the camera back. Yes, no, that's we're a great we're looking image. at space. Yes, essences working in space, space. and time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's four dimensional. We're really playing here. We're, we're really come playing play here. with us. That that might be a big, big, big <laughs> idea for you. Um, and if if that doesn't make sense or isn't interesting for you, don't worry. We're going to keep talking and move past it. Okay. So essence. Okay. I feel like that was helpful. Okay. So now the next layer. The next layer is our instinct. Instincts. So we are we the thing that is embodying at literally embodying essence. Right. Okay. Okay. So here's essence is just this. If we were to think of essence doesn't even have a physical quality, of course, we could say that, but Mm -hmm. there is a qualitative nature to essence potentially, or maybe not. No, 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 no. And so then we as humans are physical forms Mm -hmm. that are vessels towards essence. And I mean, this, this top thing, we're just an expression of essence. We're just a physical biological expression of what is essence. Yes. Is that what's being said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we we could even look at the top of that of the symbol at harmony, power, and integrity. That's the body center, and the body center is in its own way kind of representing existence. What is the body of what we're talking about here? The physical form of it, and so power, the 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 essential quality, the essence of power, isn't being strong or having capability or being tough or anything. It's just the hereness. The it's. There is power to this mug that's sitting on the in the table in that it's here. And same with integrity. Integrity is what holds it together. It has a certain form and it's not something else. The, hmm. the chair is not the window, is not the air, is not the tree. It's they're all different things and there are there are hard lines in hmm. one way between it. But then when you really But fascinating z- to have harmony right in the middle that softens it. Yeah. That 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 yeah. It, that's a fascinating yeah. thing right there. It's yeah. like it, it's there's something paradoxical potentially in these breaking out mm-hmm. things. Right, because because also it's all, and the point nine at the top res- represents all of it. So nine is also kind of the law of one. So nine is one and nine is harmony. So it's, it's, it is both kind of a pervasive here-ness that can't be distinguished and it is the integrity that makes separate things separate. Interesting. Okay. 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 I'm <laughs> okay. ready. I'm ready to move on but, to but instinct. Yeah. Let, let's. We. I. My. Our podcaster <laughs> promised attempt to you is to now move into things a little bit more tangible. Yes. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> there is an organism that exists. Hi. Hi. My name is Mason. I'm here to be sharp and get the information. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> the nine just pulled us way back into <laughs> total idea floofland. Um. So yeah, you've got a person. Let's say. Um. A person is an organism with biological instincts happening. We, we're, we're life forms. You look at animals. I don't know. Humans have had this interesting, even you go back to ancient Sumeria where you have the first written stories. Um, people were make, trying to make sense of the distinction between humans and animals. Right, right, right. And the wild and the urban or whatever. The civilization and the not civilization. And there are... Again, there are distinctions, and we're just animals in a in a in another way. Hi, Lucas. There's a kitty exploring our table. You got the animal saying hi. I'm here. An animal. Look at this. <laughs> I mean, another creature with three biological essence. instincts. And, and and this cat has the same essence I have. The base of our mm-hmm. existence is that same yeah. base of yeah. essence. No. Fantastic. I, I I instinctively was pushing back on it, and I don't know why. But yeah, no, that's yeah. Um, we're essentially the same. Lukey. He's a really sweet boy. Um, this is a sexy cat, everyone. A sexy cat. He's got a sexual instinct, um, <laughs> which we, uh, we all have. So here's an interesting thing that, you know, I, uh, I've talked about this with other spaces. And in one of the spaces I talk about the Enneagram with, it's like mostly queer folks. And when I started introducing the sexual instinct, I got some pushback because there's a lot of ace folks. And they're trying to figure out their relationship with what I'm trying to describe here. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, when I say that we're sexual beings, I'm not saying you need to have an identified sexuality or relationship with your sexuality in order to be a person or alive or anything. What I'm saying is that our species, the type of organism we are, developed through sexual reproduction. 
like you've you've got asexual reproduction where like amoebas split and just become more of themselves. That's self pres literally leaving it. Like a little amoeba floats through liquid <laughs> and absorbs things that can sustain itself, poops out what it can't use, and then splits itself. And that's just literally, that's self-pres in a, its most basic form. And that grows up into something like a tree that's doing that on a very advanced level. But that's, that's what self-pres is doing. And it's in the earth, and it's churning up resources and, and living off the fire of the sun <laughs> and of the, the earth's core and whatever. Um, the H2O. The H2O. <laughs> the H2O is like the sexual juice that, that makes it, happen you need you like self uh, self pres is kind of dry in a way um again i guess i guess we're not totally going non-abstract i no, can't it's help fine. it it's fine okay wait you know i'll just quickly say this when you say sexual instinct mm-hmm. I, I i'm still gonna want to get you to explaining the instincts a little bit more tightly but i hear in it sexual instinct and i think because i think you and i we both i think have a lot of communities where we're we're in queer spaces. Mm-hmm. And so we're wondering how do we grapple with this? Right. And I think, I think of it in terms of almost, um, the, the life death drive, both of those combined is mm-hmm. what I would, that's how that's I, a to... that's a language I might wonder about mm-hmm. the sexual instinct. It's transformation. It's giving, mm-hmm. it's receiving it's life, it's death. It's, mm-hmm. it's something new. It's a force. And it's also the death of something with the coming of the force. Yeah. Would, would that be a way to, a abstract way to think about yeah, it? Because you look at slightly more complex things like, a, I don't know, a praying mantis. It's a little spindly little fella with, um, it's self-prezzing. It's, it's got very sharp adaptations, literally, that help it catch flies and eat and sustain itself. But it's also this thing of life, this thing that we all have going for us is that it wants to keep going. And so once you get organisms that you, they, they, Really, really, the basic of of what the sexual instinct is is it's I can put some of myself into another creature, and the two of us are going to make something new. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather than I'm just splitting myself and making another me. Got it. Got it. Does gotta, that make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense. And so, so you have, which is why people would go, oh, it's about connection and it's about intimacy, right? That, the, because there is an essential quality of giving to and receiving from. There's an essential mm-hmm. dance morphing. Yes of of combining a fusion in mm-hmm. it yeah no totally yeah. absolutely yeah um and we all have this within us in a in a very it's 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 in our very organs like we can't not be a sexual creature because of this um even if and that that isn't imposing any statement that you should live out your wife life in some way or that you should identify with your instinct in some way it's just saying it's there um and so you, we've got this sexual instinct, and, and when you get to something as complex as a human, it is this thing of, like, we have to cause the attraction to happen. Like, and you have to keep in mind the sexual instinct developed before social. So maybe I'll get to social first so that oh, we can have that as is a third. Is it self-prez, sexual, social? It's kind of the, the Well, the then why don't you start with circle. self-prez? Okay, well, well, we've we kind of have the basic of self pres okay, as great, I've said, is like it's like living and absorbing resources and exchanging. This is how essence work. is starting to find its way in form. Yes, begins yeah. with self. Oh, that's a great way to say self pres moves into sexual, moves into social. Yes, yeah, no, that's a great way to to put it. And so you get let's. I think I think it really helps to describe it in non human terms, just so we can like understand what is it we're talking about here and then we can see how it appears in humans but like a flower a flower is self-pres blooming into sexual hmm. because it's 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 saying a big flashy thing you're going to get some attract something to you a bee uh some something someone that's looking out for something shiny that's going to draw them in um and then is those like birds that make like really cool yeah. beautiful nests and things to like do bird dances yeah that's that's the sexual instinct it's, right there. I mean, it's pretty much an invitation. Fuck me. Yeah. It's, is really yeah. what it is. And right. if, and if you're, if, if something about that sounds too base or simplified or something like you might be trying to understand sexual instinct from a different perspective, probably a social perspective because it is, it isn't social yet. It, it's not saying I see you and you see me and we're together in this. It's really just that raw. I'm drawing you to me yeah. by the sheer magnetism yeah. of something I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's the thing that can't be explained yeah. in many regards. Mm-hmm. And so you, you do get birds or like animals that do these flashy mating dances. Cause it's saying, I like, I need to overcome all the other fuckers out here that are, we're trying to fuck. Right. You right. know, um, I want your essence with mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I want that harmony. <laughs> um, totality. Um, and so then eventually sexually reproducing organisms get complex enough that as babies, they're not ready to survive and they can't go immediately back into self pres on their own. Hmm. So they need help. They need to be hmm. protected. Hmm. And so the mothering creatures or the parenting creatures need to f- progressively develop a new instinct that isn't self pres and that isn't sexual for relating with their kin because neither of those two instincts really will get the job done when you get complex enough. What an interesting way of putting it. I've never thought about it like this. Yeah. Keep going. So it's like, <laughs> you know, a crocodile is a pretty pretty lowly developed social animal. It doesn't have a whole ton of social skills. But a mother crocodile does know, don't eat my babies. So self-prez, there's a block that, that or a, a relationship that occurs between self-prez and social in this new thing. They also know I'm not attempting to mate with my children. So mm. Is mm. social is kind of this mm. holding connection. Mm. It is that mm. what eventually in humans develops as connection, intimacy, togetherness, friendship, romanticism. Um, right, right, right. Like the idea of usness in like a prolonged, because sexual, as you said, sexual is kind of a death and rebirth. I, re- I mentioned the, the uh, praying mantis because it's a, it's a great example of self-presexual where after mating, the female often will chop off the male's head and eat it. It is this fully, and, the, and like this has been happening for thousands and thousands of years so obviously it's working in some sense but there isn't any we're together in this forever it's just we're engaging in this thing that's going to rip us apart and destroy us and create something new out of us right and that's what's that's what's happening yeah and and that's literally what's happening whereas with social it is this like it can be imbued with sexual chemistry and you can be turned on with your partner but a lot of folks who think that they're sexual types are actually social types because of how or self-pres types because it's our bodies together or it's our our the people that we are together rather than this, like just the sexual energy that drives us forward being together. Right. Well, I think you've also explained it as like, we all, we all, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know what I mean by this, Hmm. but we all, so I don't know that word. Um, We have differing degrees of maybe sexual need. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I think I use the word need, properly here like it's not necessarily just want like there are sexual needs that people have and we all have differing levels of what our needs are Mm -hmm. and I think you've explained it as you know if we look at a stacking so I'm I'm now going to jump ahead in terms of thinking around like how do these things function in terms of personality so say I am social self-pres sexual so sexual would be whatever would be my Blind spot. Blind spot or hidden spot, you know. Um, then I still have that need, but mm-hmm. I'm going to use my tools that are right in front of me to get that need met. So I'm going to get that sexual need met in a social, yes. self prezzy way. Yes. It's going to take the path of going through social, mm-hmm. through self prez to meet that sexual need. That's brilliant. Yes. Is that the way we would say it? Yes. No, I, that's great. I, and I, I'm glad you kind of didn't say blind spot because I wanted to say something about that. I feel like isn't that kind of ableist to say the, blind? Well, here's the thing. It's ableist if you're implying that that means it's lesser or, or yeah, lesser. or, or the, the reason why I use the word blind spot is because the personality does put that last instinct in a place that it can't see. And really represses, it feels... The way the stacking coalesces is first one instinct, the the personality, the little tiny budding personality, which we'll get to next, latches onto the first instinct that really starts where all the action is happening. And that's really dependent on so many, so many, so many, so many factors. The parents, the environment, just maybe the child's experience of birth, what the child experienced of the mother from within, just all of this stuff coalesces into one of these three instincts is going to become dominant. I feel like hidden is a better word. Hidden. No, that is a good word. Like hidden spot. I like that. I I feel like that that is an alternative. That's a good alternative. That's what I will be using as my alternative. Or maybe shadow. 
Shadow's also really good for it because what we do is... It's been cast away. It's been cast it's, away. It's, it's out of the light. And it, it really, it feels like a threat to the dominant. It feels like a threat. That's that's also it. That's also it. It, it will, it, yeah. Yeah, it's banished in a way. It's banished. Um, but we don't, we probably don't think that about it. It's not, that is, com- because it's been banished, it's unconscious and our actual relationship with it is unconscious and still until we start working into it and letting. So is the work the question that now arises? Is the work to bring it out of the shadow? I would to integrate it. That to is turn that the is light work, towards it. That is work that is available to someone if they wanted to do that. Okay. Um, I try not because because I do have to be prescriptive with certain structural things of like no this is. This is how I think it works, and that means it doesn't work in that other way. I don't want to say you have to now do something with all this um, because I don't think there's any obligation to to use the Enneagram. That's a good but, point. But I think it does have a certain way that you're obliged to make sense of it. You can. It, it can be helpful information in terms of where where a shadow is for you. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, but but if one was interested in doing the work, it is to bring that out of the shadows and integrate it into right relationship with the other two instincts. Because everyone's instinct stacking is fucked up. Right. It's twisted and warped. Well, and, and so I guess we could also talk about this idea of the instincts being one is a dominant one and one is probably more just properly lit. Maybe perhaps one would say. I would still say a little bit less. Like it, it, it is like the dominant is taking up too, too much. much light. Too much like light. It's, it's getting all the limelight. Yes. And the 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 okay metaphor, the the dominant is like on stage, all the lights. Mm-hmm. The secondary is just off to the side, yeah. and it's there, and it's kind of standing on stage, but you can barely see it, and it's kind of it's it's just it's not getting a lot of light, and. Mm-hmm. The, the tertiary, the third one, the shadow one, is kind of hidden behind the stage. It's backstage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the dark. The yes. light isn't even reaching it. Yeah, totally. And, and it's, out, it's still there. Yeah, totally. And whenever it starts coming out onto the stage, the dominant... The dominant says, no, no, no. Pushes I, it I, off. I, it's, I'm, I'm the one in stage. Yeah. I get the light here. Yes. It's yeah. this, we trust, we know this figure. It's, this mm-hmm. is good. This is, mm-hmm. let's keep this here, shining yeah. the light here. That's really scary, whatever that is. And mm-hmm. I've never seen it in the light, so let's keep it out of it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, and this is, we can probably move on from, from instinct because I think we've really kind of put a good image but like you can start getting into relationship with your hidden instinct through the secondary because because it does flow down mm-hmm. and and the instincts have two possible flows there's sin flow and contra flow and yes yeah no i kind of want to get into that i think that's fun to talk about because uh we would say i i would daniel's low-key like we talk about the enneagram we we've got typings there is more people who have sexual in their shadow hidden spot than most anything else is kind of the way you would see it. Yeah. I mean, and if you really look at it, like just what it takes to survive as a person, self-pres is just you surviving as a person. So most people are going to first consolate around that because a lot of people are not growing up with ample resources. And so that's the one that has to be developed first. Well, and there's, there may be a potentiality of, there being flows in wherever, like what's potentially needed for yes. the time and place. Yeah, I, where, I'm not saying that poor people certain, are only self-pres, but it's no, 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 no. That's that. I didn't hear that at all. I'm saying just like instincts might. There might be times in history where. Mm. In certain instincts have more dominance because of just the situational right. If you place. like, if you if you are in your formative early, I don't know when formative is for instinct, but let's say between two and five years old. If you're growing up in the French Revolution, you're going to learn very quickly how to be aware of your social relationship to other people because that whole thing spinning out of control is whose side are you on. Are you with them or are you with us? And you can see that for a lot of revolution-type situations where there's social strife or, like, religious conflict. I would be curious. I can't deep dive it at all, but 
we could maybe get into it eventually is we're spiral dynamics <laughs> in this might yeah. function. You know what I That'll mean? That would be really fun. That would be really with. interesting to yeah. wonder around those places. Because mm-hmm. spiral dynamics is also kind of looking at things in a process or a flow potential. And spiral dynamics is cool because it's both the, the, the grand picture and it's also the individual human. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Which is kind of what we're potentially looking at here with instincts. Like, it's back true. to essence, it's not like, oh, this is just a personality thing. It's like, no, it's essential. Yeah. And so it's it's also kind of giving light to the laws of the universe, perhaps, mm-hmm. considering math here. Mm-hmm. Like, physics, science, mm-hmm. there's some kind of things we're observing mm-hmm. that we can help to make into loose laws. Yeah, I'm putting yeah. heavy quotes, quotes there that. Yeah, that, that help us to see what's happening because there seems to be patterns. Patterns is a great way. Like, there seems to be patterns that we're picking up on that predict other things Yes, because the patterns are there. Yes. So let's just pay attention to the patterns. Ugh, it's so simple. It's so simple. I mean, it's it's very complex, but it's also... It's right there. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Okay, okay. So person type structure. We have essence and then we have instincts. So let's just say this. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. We have this essential quality. We're now embodied. And so in order to embody, we then essentially, we focus in on certain aspects of essence, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, so, so we could say the dominant instinct is attempting to do the essential quality that, that is like our, our main... The one, the dominant instinct actually latches into a particular essential quality, is what I'll say. Okay. Okay. And so as as we're coming out into the it's world, it's too much. The essence is almost too much. Yeah, it's too yeah, much, and yeah. so it's to tolerate it. It hones we, in on one. We hone in on one to make it more tolerable. Yes. Of sorts, and then we have a secondary. And I like you. You say this often, like your secondary is your play space. Yeah, is that, yeah. and how would you describe that? Because I'm social self-prez, mm-hmm. and so self-prez is my play space, yes. supposedly. So that, and, and that's kind of saying how it's not, both it's not so in the light, but it's also, um, like, dominant, a great way to think about it is it's not what you're good at. A lot of people say, I can't be self-prez because I'm so bad at all my self-prez stuff. Our boy Scott is has said that. Um, but... you telling me I'm not good socially? <laughs> No, you're too good socially. And that's the problem is the alarm, the alarms for the dominant instinct are too loud. And so we get Mm -hmm. super fixated on it, super agitated about it. And so sometimes that means like I can be really smooth in a social situation and I'm trying really hard. Right. No, exactly. Like I just said, I'm trying too hard. Like I have so like... even just right now, me being, are you saying I'm not good at social? Exactly. Is, yeah, yeah. is the social <laughs> shooting itself in the foot right there? You know, yeah. it's, it's happening here and yeah. now. Because a self press social wouldn't have felt threatened like that, wouldn't right. have called attention to it, and then wouldn't be fe- feeling an internal suffering about their social instinct, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, no, the self press socials are doing a similar, a different thing with self press where right. they're, they're concerned about their money or their resources or their... They've overdone it so that they don't have to concern about to be worried about those things, and they're kind of living in uh, in excess, and that's its own way of spilling that creates suffering and and we're all suffering. That's we're also part suffering. of it, everyone. We're all yeah. just suffering. Embrace the lack, embrace that you're suffering, and it will be a little easier if you embrace that this is all fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, and you're but, weird as hell. But what the personality, <laughs> what the personality would love to do is say, "I'm not." I've figured out a way that I don't actually have to suffer. You know, here's the deal. Here's what I've come to realize. As someone who's out here trying every fucking modality and every avenue to know thyself, to become more peaceful, (laughs) to chill the fuck out, (laughs) it's hard and it doesn't get easier. It becomes more tolerable. There becomes a higher window for capacity, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change how big and intense and hard it is. It's just, it's, it's always going to be that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not in like a giving up kind of way. There's hope that maybe I'll just tolerate the hardness a little more tomorrow than I did today. Mm -hmm. You know, the lack, the suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it is totally that it's, and that's, 
the person, so I mean, the lack literally is like not having enough of your dominant instinct, which is how it gets dominant because you just give me more of it, give me more of it. And maybe it's this is like the, the delusion, the maybe I'll be fulfilled. Is I'll be fulfilled if yeah. I can just do it the right way. Right. How do I do it the right way? By my Enneagram type. So that's okay. That's so where here we go. Type here we go. Truth comes six. in. Paranoid. Truth six. Yeah. So contradiction. You have you have a, a person. Sorry, I'm a six. <laughs> Six is love to apologize. Um, <laughs> and so you have an organism that gets constellated around its social instinct. And do we love to be apologized to? I'm sorry. Did I make you feel bad? I'm sorry. No, 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 you didn't. I'm, no, I'm curious because I love to be told I'm sorry. Yeah. And here's the, I mean, I'll just, we're getting into personality now. So something about six is six is doing opposite. It's, it's opposite. Uh, three in the, in the triangle, three is the single unit of three. Six is the two units of three, and nine is the three units of three. So two, or sorry, six can be opposite to other all day long. So there's also sixes that say, I never apologize. I don't need to apologize to anyone. Um, there it is. And I never apologize to anyone. So, yeah. yeah. I, I almost think we tease out this because my curiosity is for our next episode, if we do, we talk about nine, three, and six. Hmm. That'd be a great place to start. Like, I feel like that might be a really fun way to be like, let's talk about these dominant type or dominant personalities because either you are one because you're most likely one of them or Mm -hmm. you definitely mostly are surrounded by them. Yes. No, that's a great way to put it. So if you were the, the rare gem of the world, that's not a three, six or a nine, you're then surrounded by it. So you're surrounded by these types. So you do at least. These personalities are viewed in everything. It's not just about your own personality. It's about understanding how you exist within the whole and your relationality. So it's like, you're going to have to understand these things. And, uh, uh, I feel like a lot of people in in learning to understand that might see more of themselves in these three main elements than they might have anticipated. And that's something that will continue to play out. It's played itself out on the Instagram. I want to be sensitive to it. I'm glad we're sensitive people and can be and can hold that tenderly. But well, it I'm is a social this, type. I'm very sensitive to yeah. the particular things I should be I sensitive to. I mean, me too. Of. Like, literally. <laughs> and see, this is the thing with our instincts is we're constantly doing it unconsciously. Is like, I was, as I'm, starting to introduce this idea that could be threatening to some people's sense of self, person, social. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling an inner sensitivity to that, and I want to brace you because this might be a little bit disruptive. Right, and right. So, yeah, so, um, but basically, yeah, we should, we're coming to the end of this episode. But type structure, type but structure is this. Let's get to let personality. Me, let me, well, we can, yeah, do you want to get to personality? Yeah, yeah, and then you can sum us up. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so let's use keep using the example of a six. Okay. So, the personality as it develops says, I've got this dominant instinct, social. I'm paying attention to how people are relation in, in relation to another, how we're connected, how, we're, how connection is being threatened, all of this stuff. And says, if I can find truth, if I can make truth happen for myself in social, I'll be okay. And so that's where the passion comes in. Because the passion is personality's attempt at essence. Essence is being, as we've said, mm-hmm. but a personality is a mechanism. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pattern that does something. Um, people will talk about motivation and not behavior and stuff, and there is something about motivation to the Enneagram, but it's... It, what does a motivation do? It creates behavior. It motivates to do something, to do behaviors. And so that's what personality is, is this like cycle between a motivation, which I would say is instinct. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we're being instinctive, instinctively motivated. You could call it a motivational drive even um, to, to do something. And so that behavior pattern is what the type is doing. The personality is our, the, the strategy we've come up with as a person to right. somehow let some of the essence out. Yeah. So you could have a, a social... That social instinct that latches onto the essence of love, for example, and then to when the personality tries to do love, it comes up with this other thing that's more like pride, and that's where you get the type two. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. But so let's stay with six for here, and so this is where you actually start looking at the triads of the enneagram. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, our uh, our profile picture, which I'll eventually post in a big form, but it's it's the Enneagram and then laid onto it are every other possible connection between any two types. And there are four sets of triad groups. So a triad is three types. Mm-hmm. Then you have a grouping of triads, which mm-hmm. is three groups of three. So back symbol. to the laws, and it's it's the law of three here. Yeah, so it's, we're splitting everything into three. threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when you have all four of these triad groupings, you have lines on every single possible connection between any two points on the Enneagram. And so when you, it's a lot to take in. That's cool. That's cool. But when you, when you start looking at it, you can start seeing the way different types are related to one another and different types aren't related together. And again, we're more talking about things that are presenting themselves in the world and living themselves out through our personalities. So, okay. An example is like the positivity versus what are those? Yeah. Yeah. So you have like the, the positive outlook types, which are in the, the harmonic groups. And so each mode, um, positive outlook, reactivity and competency is a different, um, it's a different energy. I I won't try to get more specific than that. What would be the center thing you would call that? Like, um, so, so, okay, let's, let's just, I actually sense that we're starting to get a little lost in trying to dive into all this. So let's just say, let's get into the triads in the next episode. We've teased it. Okay. okay, And let's just say that the personality constellates around, doing a passion that it thinks is going to eventually get it to essence in the sphere of its dominant personality. Does and that... it's, and it's really only getting at one aspect of essence usually. Yes. Because so of it's... That. And is that why the fixes are the fixes getting at other parts of essence? Mm-hmm. But so the fixes bring in one of those triad groupings is the, the three centers of intelligence. So right. the body center, the heart center and the head center. And those are, that's like a different thing. Um, yeah, so maybe the next episode is personality. I think so. And then we move from that into 369 as kind of maybe our examples are going yeah. into them to no, explain personality. No, because that is the, the primary elements. Yes. You've gotten the law of three on personality here. Right. Or sorry, the law of one on personality. We've kind of said it's this thing on top. The next right. episode will get further into the law of three and eventually get into the law of seven. I, with, I have greatness, greatness. Yeah. Okay, everyone. Do we, is that, is that for it for this episode? I think so. I, I don't know quite what else could be said. Okay. So here's, here's the deal, everyone follow at no small Enneagram. If you want more things, because like Daniel just talked about the law of one, the law of three and the law of seven. And I, I don't think we even really specifically sat down and laid those out. No. You have that on the Instagram. Yeah. So, so if you go follow that, there's lots of little things, threads that Daniel's out making little posts that would be mm-hmm. helpful too. Yeah. So yeah, our real feed is at this point, I'm so excited for when we can get to like just real memes. But at this point, our real feed is like trying to be a consolidated place where people can access this information if they need to catch up. Mm -hmm. So I've got three reels that are on the three laws. Um, I've got some stuff about type structure and like how we're thinking about this if you just need like a a snappy version. Um, But then on our main Instagram. We've got highlights. If you're like in for more fun stuff and want to engage with us in a more fun way as well, we've got a bunch of different meme series. I just fill up a highlight and then start a new one and stuff. So you can scroll through for some of that. And there's a lot of like, of course I post my thoughts and explain some stuff with the memes as well. So that could be a fun way to learn. We also did a Harry Potter typing thing. That was big. I feel like people were really vibing. No, with that. it was, it was really fun. It kind of was a community event that just kind of came into being. And I mean, again, this is less certain, more curious. Like I, I was sharing my perspectives on these typings, um, at a point in time, but I continued to grow and move forward as, and a lot with the participation of listeners and followers and stuff. So, um, it's, it's a fluid growing thing. Yeah. Creating understanding. Yeah. I think that's important to say less or more curious. That is still our, our, that's still, the it's f- all over our Instagram. That's too. what we're trying yeah. to do with this podcast, with this conversation, with mm-hmm. this, I mean, folks, no, no small thing is in many ways, I think expanding, we're allowing ourselves to have been less certain, more curious about what and who we are. Mm. I almost like this idea of like, Scott used the word collective recently. Hmm. Like, what does it mean for less or more curious to be a community hmm. thing too? Yeah. And I think when we have Daniel here, like we're, 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 we're spreading out hmm. of sorts. Yeah. So stick around for the season of the Enneagram. That's, that's no small thing. Season Enneagram. <laughs> Love it. Okay. See y'all. Bye.